All right, it is that time where we uh, take a look at a bit of a trip around the country and around the world, talking travel with our travel guide, Sally Lucas, who, Sally, uh, a bit of an international flavour today. Yeah, look, I'm, I was just lying in bed this morning thinking, because I hadn't decided finally what I was going to talk about today. And I sort of put a couple of things aside of my mind, and then I suddenly thought, you know what, I have not talked about East Africa probably since I went there nine and a half years ago. Well, that is a fact that you will be uh, rectifying right about now. So uh, I yeah. know you've got your big... You, I haven't actually seen you with a map in here before. So no, well, are you I, going on a road trip around Lake Victoria there, I can see? Well, that's one of the spots we stopped at. But, mm. of course, when you go there... It, you go to Africa or you know, the African continent, I guess most of us go there for the animals, the wildlife. That's the initial process of why you want to go for most people. And having said that, you're blown away by the wildlife, I must say. Mm. But the thing that blew me away was the bird life, which I wasn't expecting. So colourful, so many incredible birds and huge birds called secretary birds because it looks like they've got pants on and they're black and white and they're these big tall birds down to the tiniest of the most colourful kingfishers to, you know, it, it really got me in mm. and I didn't think it would. South Africa, of course, has been you know operating for many years probably because they're not as poor as the East African nations and they've been always able to you know have their national parks and even sealed roads and so on. Whereas in East Africa, a lot of the roads we travelled on then, and I'm, I'm hopeful by now they would have been rectified, but were it would take us like nine hours to do 400 kilometres because the roads were so potholed and so bad. Oh. So b- bone jarring You're not selling stuff. this too well, Sal. <laughs> but you, when you get there, when you get to these Worth national it. parks, and one of these roads, I was, oh, I'm sure it's been done, the, Fr- the French actually were coming in and it was in the process of them actually rebuilding a new road out of Nairobi to get down to the Amboseli National Park, which is where we went first, to that national park. And it's a small park by comparison to some of the others. But but still quite beautiful and you get one of the best views of Mount Kilimanjaro from there as well, which is just wonderful. Um, and you're travelling a little bit more distance, I guess, to get to all these parks because you know, it's, it's a huge, huge nation um, or group of countries in the African continent. I basically just did Uganda and Tanzania. Uganda, I'll start that again. Kenya and Tanzania. I was supposed to go to Uganda, but it was the year of the Nairobi airport fire. And, of course, it happened while we were on tour, on this tour, and I could not do my extension to do the gorillas because there was no airport to fly out of. So well, There's that, plenty of time now. Oh, I don't think the back and the hips will do it anymore, right. Mark. But, but it was just so disappointing, as you can imagine. It had mm. just been on my bucket list for so long. But having said that, we still loved what we did in East Africa. And you've got to remember that a lot of these animals, you know, some years ago and even today, have been close to extinction, as we're doing this in a lot of countries in our own as well that we haven't been looking after the animals properly. And, of course, in, in the African continents, a lot of it was poaching, providing, you know, the aphrodisiac so-called or the ivory for mainly the Middle East and the Asian countries that wanted it. So it's been a, a big, big cause for them to, you know, stop this poaching to, you know, help develop and not let things like an elephant become on the, you know, yeah. <laughs> extension list, etc. Having said that, your black and white rhinos are, are getting down low in numbers. The Rothschild giraffe 
giraffe, but again, they've done a lot to conserve that. It was down to only 120 at one stage. Now they're back up in their thousands, and they're the ones with the white legs. They're the different, the Rothschild giraffe. They've got a specific pattern on them, and they're just, most giraffes, again, like I went there thinking, yeah, the big five, the lion, the leopard, a cheetah, da-da-da-da. But the giraffe, once you see them in the wild, just walking that tall, long neck, you know, they just look so... I don't know, elegant, I guess mm. is the word for it. Be- beautiful looking creatures. But it- it's interesting because you're in open national parks in all these areas, you know, so you've got animals as you're driving along. You might have a lion just having a sleep on by the side of the road and a hyena curled up over there and a couple of warthogs here and a cheetah draped over a limb in a tree. Um, the elephants are amazing with the babies. We saw lovely herds of elephants, but them all with linking tails as they do with their bubs behind them and seeing them play in the little swampy areas and they get in the water and love having their baths and spraying water and turning the little babies over. I mean, it's just a really full frontal fantastic experience. And while it is good to see these things on nature documentaries, A, it's not the same as seeing something live, but the, the sort of things that you mentioned, Sally, with them mm. al- almost in a, a very casual environment, it's the sort of thing that you don't see it. It's like Oh, like is it just an elephant? He's just asleep there, and something else just draped over a tree or whatever. Yeah. Um, the things that you don't always see because they're always looking for the action shot, and you just see them just yes, lounging yeah. around. And I mean, you've got to remember you're in their territory, so you might not always see every animal on any day. Because, they may very well still be there, though. <laughs> yeah, they could be anywhere, hiding under a tree or whatever. So, you know, we went, as I said, to Amboseli National Park. We went to Tarangira, which is the most beautiful park. I hadn't didn't know much about Tarangira, but it's lovely. Um, and then we headed up into the Ngorongoro Crater, which, of course, it's one of the largest calderas in the world, where you get an absolute plethora of just about every type of animal except giraffe because they don't have the trees, of course, being a caldera, mm. etc. And then we also went across to Lake uh, Victoria to Mwanza and up to the Maasai Mara which of course the Maasai people they're so tall they're he's massive people and you get to go to a Maasai Mara village and then you end up in Nakuru National Park which is famous for the lake with all its pink flamingos and that's where you'll also see the Rothschild giraffe and the black and the white rhinos and we saw all of those and we you know, every, every one of those animals I've mentioned we were lucky enough to see albeit some at a distance, but we did get to see them all and it was fantastic. It was absolutely wonderful. It's great also that, um, well, the, not great where we'll start here, but you mentioned a lot of these things are sort of close to extinction, less numbers. But, I mean, as they're able to build up their tourism again, I yes. mean, more, I guess, more jobs and more opportunities yes. there means it's less people into some of those more more shady occupations. Yes, and I mean, they are really working on that, as I said, and I'm sure they've come a long way even since the nine or so years, that, since mm. I was over there. Um, but the other thing we did was amazing is Giraffe Manor at the end where you can go and stay. And this is where people came. They, they decided to, they needed to save the Rothschild Giraffe, this couple, and they built this beautiful place. It's it's He was British, actually, but it's... He lived in, in Kenya, and it's the most beautiful. It was their home originally, but you can stay at it now. It's a boutique hotel, and the giraffes come and have breakfast with you every morning. They pop their head through the window, put their their head over your shoulder, and you feed them these little pellets of food. Mm. It was just the most wonderful That's experience. Cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely fantastic. And then you've got the elephant orphanage there where they bring all the ones in where the mums have been killed or poached or whatever but they save the babies and and they bring them there and I'm still I adopted three baby elephants which I'm still 
uh, uh, adopted and watching them grow up, and I get their updates and that's all pretty that nice. Of, which, I like which is that. nice as well. So, and I bought one for our a nephew. You know, it's a Christmas present, and I just pay for that every year, and that's his Christmas present to pay for the adoption for for his elephant. <clears throat> Started in Africa, and Sally, you just want to add a last little piece, a last oh, little cherry on the pie on this one. I. Yes, I shouldn't have forgotten this actually, but the magnificent. I did everything rift- but but say that you'd forgotten. I just you, <laughs> no. you just got to throw yourself back in the soup. I know I am. I'll throw myself back in, but I haven't forgotten because now I've remembered the Rift Valley, which runs from Israel down to Mombasa. Which you think about that—that's nine thousand six hundred kilometres of valley that was caused in the Earth's heating and cooling process. You wouldn't miss whatever. it, would you? Like it's just it's, there everywhere. And, you know, you stop you know path away along, and just each direction you look, it's this this magnificent valley. And, of course, when you're in the Maasai area, which is, you've got a view, which is why we went in the July-August time, the incredible migration of the wildebeest. But it's not just the wildebeest that migrate, the zebras go with them. And then they've got to cross the Mara River because they're crossing from one country into another and the crocodiles are just lying in wait. So you see this massive loads of these wildebeest trying to jump as far as they can into the air and get across the river before the crocs get them. It's you know, it's one of those amazing things of nature, like whether you're watching migration of humpback whales or whatever, or there's a butterfly migration that happens in North America with thousands of mm. butterflies, all the, all the birds that come from the Arctic all the way down to Australia, New Zealand, fly all that way, 13,000 kilometres, and then go back. So this is another thing, if you're going to East Africa, try and go at that time of the year, July, August, when you're going to see that migration of the wildebeest. Yeah, just check with the crocodiles. They, they'll know when it's happening. <laughs> they'll have um, it on their calendar. <laughs> a little bit closer to home now, uh, a trek yes. through Asia. Whereabouts exactly? Uh, am I looking at Vietnam? Is you that are, where Vietnam and Cambodia. And we've talked about it before, of course, that a lot of people do land-based tours, and land-based tours are fine. And you may wish to go back. I've been to, twice to Vietnam, and it's, it's a great country, but you may want to go back and do it differently. And we've spoken about this before, Mark, how your rivers were once the roads of the world before we ever had roads and life on the river is a very interesting way to travel oceans you've got sometimes a great expanse of ocean maybe before you have a land base again but when you're doing a river cruise you're seeing something every day and you're doing something every day so I think it's for me and again you only got small vessels so there's two relatively new vessels the Emerald Harmony there's one and the Mekong Serenity now these ships are doing the Mekong River between Cambodia and Vietnam and vice versa and they're absolute luxury that they've got a, even a pool on them even though they're only taking about 80 two to 88 guests you've got all your suites are huge like they're not pokey cabins they're beautiful big suites and you've all got your own little balcony you know you've got beautiful restaurant beautiful food as you can imagine the the Vietnamese foods to die for I mean it's just gorgeous food and the service that you get on these vessels you know is just second to none so just keep that in mind if you've not been, or even if you have been and thinking of going back, these are two new five-star vessels that will really spoil you rotten. And this Black Friday, I know everyone's talking about Black Friday becoming so more American, I can't believe it. But anyhow, nearly every shipping company known to man, every tour company known to man has got a Black Friday sale on at the moment. You just had to get that in, I know. Um, the thing I like, I know we've mentioned this a lot of times when it comes to cruising, but again, the the smaller 
the smaller groups, mm. less people, less crowds even on oh. the on the ship. Well, that's it. And, I mean, you get just spectacular service. And, you know, I just think it's a beautiful way, so relaxing. You know, you're watching the sunset with a, maybe a little cocktail out on the deck and then you go and have a nice meal and then you just be this soothing, no, no noise at night, you sleep, mm. you know, very peaceful, very tranquil. And then you're getting to see villages and people who've lived their life the same way for centuries. It's, you know, you go to the big city of Ho Chi Minh or Saigon or Phnom Penh or whatever, it's going to be bustle, 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 rush, rush, rush. But this, you know, you're going to switch off, but you're going to see how these countries have always lived. I think it's more and more of us get more... Uh, urbanise is the wrong word, but more mm. of us get busy. I think there's going to be a lot more folks wanting to be able to check out and check into some of the more traditional ways, particularly yeah. on holidays. Yeah, well, I think so. I mean, the whole idea is it's supposed to be a holiday, isn't it? I mean, I know a lot of people still love their trekking and their mountain climbing, like my husband and all of that, but there are times in your life where you just want to stop, smell the roses, chill out and have a lovely, relaxing holiday. Now, some of these, um, as I said, they've got lots of great savings at the moment on anything. A lot of them, though, the savings will expire soon, just to let people know they're not. These Black Friday sales don't go long. They've all got different dates on them, so it's not possible for me to give you an exact mm. date, but Within the next week to two weeks, most of them, some go through until the end of December, depending on which company it is. But, mm. yeah, there are some great savings out there at the moment. But these two vessels, I've just had a flick through and looked at the facilities on board, all of them, and they look absolutely stunning. The use of beautiful teak wood and timber, you know, they're be- beautifully mm. designed, beautifully fitted out. So, Well, we've done Africa, Sally. I know you've done a little bit on some of those uh, Vietnam, Cambodian cruises. It's yes. all about the hot deal. So this is kind of a bit of a wheel of fortune. We can end up anywhere here. You could, but we're going to start with the cruising in Vietnam. As I was mentioning, there is these, you know, Black Friday sales. But these are actually not Black Friday, but they're sales that they're having as early bird offers. So on the vessel of the Serenity, they've got savings of up to 3800 per couple on 23 and 24 departures. Uh, it'll be on certain dates. You need to check with your travel agent, you know, which specific vessel and which date it's etc. And also on the other vessel as well with Emerald Cruises, they've got savings of up to $3,500 per couple, plus an extra $400 per person discount, which, which they call their super early bird offer if you want to pay a full 12 months in advance. But they also have included special um, extra experiences for you in that as well. So yeah, just keep that in mind. There are some good savings to be had if you're wanting to book ahead. The other thing too, you, you, with those particular ones talking about uh, a year in advance. Mm. And I know it sounds a long way ahead, but with travel being what it is, I mean, that's not a bad idea to jump ahead that far. <laughs> if you if you could see how many <laughs> lack of uh, airfares that are available or flights that are available at the moment, you've got to book so far ahead, Mark, because mm. they're all still, most of them are parked in the Arizona desert and they're yeah. still working on getting them up and running. There was an article in the paper today about it as well. And I just think they're, well, I, I think they're all the airlines are price gouging at the moment because they can. Um, but, you know, you've still got to get in early if you want to make sure, if you're, if you're not flexible, I'll put it that way, yeah. particularly if you're not flexible. It's the old days of, yeah, can I just book to go to um, Christmas, you know, go away for Christmas next month? No. That's no. not going to happen. Even next year, you'd want to be booking now. But anyhow, um, we were talking about the cruises in Vietnam and Cambodia. Just what I'd mentioned too, there's a couple of nice land packages here as well if you still you know, haven't done it by land. There's a lovely 13-day fully inclusive uh, tour of Cambodia taking in some wonderful um, 
Angkor Wat, just for example. They've got daily breakfast. They've got a history tour on Phnom Penh. Um, they've got a re- some relaxation time, even on an island. It, all, all sorts of inclusions there. It's a 13-day itinerary. You just get your best airfare, valid up till December next year. And it's for just under $2,500 per person. And there's another one. It's also uh, 15 days, this one. Sorry, the other's 13. And it's doing Vietnam and Cambodia. So you're doing a bit of both on this one. Halong Bay, Hanai, Hue, Da Nang, Hoi An, Ho Chi Minh City into Canto, Kai Bay, and then you go into Nom Penh and Siem Reap. So it's mainly more in Vietnam with just a couple of little stops in um, Cambodia. And that's only just over $2,500 per person for 15 days. Um, Lord Howe Island, one of my delightful places, as you know. Now, most people go there as an independent way of doing things, but this is an actual escorted adventure package for someone who might like everything done for them. You know, and it's not a bad way to do anything no, travel-wise, to be honest. No, so this is something new. It's the 13th of June next year. It's a six-night package from under 4500 per person twin share. includes your return flights. It includes six nights accommodation, all your meals, service of a dedicated tour escort, a full program of daily touring and activities, including guided walks, hikes, bird watching, um, treks, um, glass bottom boat, etc. So long as you've got a reasonable level of fitness, so just keep that in mind. It's a lovely seven-day package June next year. Used to have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, Uniworld, who do river cruises in Europe, what they've done now for 2024, they're letting you book with fully refundable deposits. So isn't that great? That's fantastic, yeah, actually. Talk about flexibility. Yeah, that's really flexible. And you can also take advantage of a 10% early payment discount by booking early. Uh, it's just a matter of getting, you know, first in first dress, first dress sort of thing, uh, to get your best price and your preferred cabin, etc. So always early is the best way to go. And as I said, lots of um, the actual Black Friday all sorts of specials out there at the moment in, in all sorts of shapes and forms. So if you're thinking of doing something, you want a bit of a discount, just maybe just rush in and do it in the next couple of weeks so you don't miss out. All right, that's some great advice there. And shout yourself for Christmas, maybe. <laughs> well, at least put a deposit on something. That can be your that's Christmas present, isn't same it? Thing. Yeah. yeah, at least you've booked the holiday and you've got something to look forward to. It's always nice to have something to look forward to for the next year. Yeah, that, that journey is almost as as um, as exciting as the real it, journey it, you'll go on. It, it can is. be. It is. Because the planning then, then you can start thinking, planning, looking things up, really immersing yourself in the destination or the destinations that you're going to. And I think that's just half the fun of planning a holiday. All right, Sally, uh, that uh, will do us for time. So as always, a great talking travel. Thank you for your insights. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.